in our world today, everything is transactional. We have to pay money to get something. We have to do something to get something. It's when you're, if you want to, you know, you're a kid, you're playing a sport, whether it be soccer or, or you're competing. It's yeah. you have to perform in order to receive acknowledgement, praise, an award, whatever that is. Yep. Everything is due to receive. And you said, we are trying to do to become and it's mm-hmm. very difficult because this entire world has trained us and so when we come into the body of Christ we have to become we have to everything we do comes from a place of being we have to be first and then we do the backward the backwards way is do to be and we're not doobies this is what it's all about demonstrating the love of God declaring the good news and making disciples both near and far. That we would be a people with our eyes towards Jesus, helping to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. Join us as we seek to become more like him so that others can know more of him. And now your CBC family podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No, you're good. You ever gargled the alphabet before? Mm Mm-mm. I have not. <laughs> no. All right. Anyways, I shouldn't gargle coffee. That's probably <laughs> it. Might go down the wrong pipe, and then my, you just spew it everywhere. My throat is on fire. All right. <laughs> Much like my spirit. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yes. Well, welcome. Say it back. Yes. The- welcome back, everybody, to uh, Calvary Baptist Church Family <laughs> Podcasts. We're glad that you're here as we are gargling coffee. Uh, welcome back, man. It's been a minute since yeah. uh, since our last podcast, and since you've been on, I don't think it's. I think the one, the last one we had, I don't think. I think it was just me, right? By my lonesome. Yeah, schedule conflicting. You know, sometimes that's just the way it is. Yeah, I we'll th- get it in when we can get it in. I'm fairly sure the number of people who downloaded our podcast dropped because <laughs> you weren't there, and they're like, you know what? <laughs> well, it's because we're two or three gathered, and there was only one. That's true. So that is why there was a drop. <laughs> Jesus, he, yeah. Jesus he wasn't here, was like, so it just wasn't as Yo, blessed. Chris isn't there. I'm not even, <laughs> not even about to show up. <laughs> no wonder. Oh, man, man, never again, though. Never <laughs> again. So how was your Easter, man? It was good. It was full of family, full of church, and full of food. Yes, that's it. It's a trifecta. Could, yeah, it's that's right. Trinity, family, food, and fellowship, I that's guess. That's right. Yeah, dude. It was good. What, at Easter, at... At the church, both in Smithville and Bastrop, were amazing, um, and not because of numbers. I don't care. I like. I don't even numbers. Numbers. Easter Sunday is always going to be big, but just the spirit was big, man. It was. You could really sense just a genuine um, hunger from people to come and to experience. Absolutely. Not not Easter, not church, but just the presence of God. So that was cool. Um, by the way, we we kind of our thing is that we consider every Sunday Easter Sunday. You know what I mean? It's Absolutely. Um, we celebrate Jesus, the resurrection, the hope He brings every single Sunday. If your church isn't doing that every Sunday, you may want to think about right finding one that does. Figure out how to change that perspective. <laughs> yeah, because it's kind of it's kind of everything, Chris. It um, really is. And so this Easter, we started a brand new series. We are uh, no longer in Sermon on the Mount. We wrapped that up, and that was a great. It was an incredible series too. Life changing for me uh, spiritually. Just um, nourishing for mm-hmm. me to to go through and to study and to preach, but started a brand new series called Fake News. Um, you know, <laughs> I always think I don't know why I think of 2016, like what you know the 
the election that year was just like fake news was everywhere. Of and since course. then, it's all over the place. You you can't trust anything. No, no, you really can't. And it, it was probably around a lot more before that. Nobody just called it out. Nobody cared. Yeah. yeah. And now it's just like it's, it is a pandemic. Pretty much. Of fake news. I don't trust yeah. anything I see on the internet. I really don't either. Literally don't. Nope. <laughs> I just, I'm not going to do it. So we started, and I, the, the whole point of this series is we're going to be looking at things that we believe or we subscribe to as being true or being good that aren't necessarily true or good for us to believe. Um, I don't know about you. Have you ever believed anything to be true that wasn't or... Um. Uh, other than just the usual, like the Tooth Fairy, Sandy Claus. You know, Sandy Claus. Sandy Claus, yeah. He's um, a creeper. <laughs> but the one thing that I used to, I really used to take stock in was the Boogeyman. Oh, dude. Yeah, and I'm still not convinced. For real, that, for real. Yeah, but, but I'm pretty sure people have told him, but it's not real. But like when I was a kid, we lived out in the middle of nowhere, and oh. we would have... You know, you'd have your house, and then you'd have the barn or the shop or whatever. And in the fall was the worst because chainsaws when, hanging. When I'm in the walking barn. back from Grandma's house and I'm stepping in the leaves, the sound would bounce off the yeah. barn wall, and it would sound like somebody else was walking over there. And before yeah. you know it, I was sprinting you, back to the house in the dark. Yeah, because, that happened more often. Because you just mentioned three of the scariest things <laughs> yes. ever as a child. You have <laughs> the farmhouse, the farmhouse, and the yeah. barn, <laughs> Grandma's place. Certain death. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and the darkness. Die. Yeah, crunch and lead. Yeah, yeah. dude. That's no the good. epitome of every horror movie. <laughs> yeah. You're sure to die. That's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm you know, I'm kinda I didn't think of that, but yeah, now that you think of it, I still every now and then I'll turn our light switch is a long ways away yeah. from the bed, man. And every now and then I'm like, All right, yeah, I'll I'll I gotta outrun this, brother. How fast? Yeah, I gotta get like you know. I'll get there pretty quickly, right. man. I'm like Scooby Doo when the when his feet are like yes, and he takes it. That's and me. you just gotta be faster than Casey. So. Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, yeah, that's all you gotta outrun, outrun your spouse. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, me for me, it's like uh, man. I you know I don't know. I think uh, Bigfoot is one of them, kind of like the boogeyman. But I think Bigfoot. I used to believe in that dude. And I used to, in the Loch Ness Monster, I'd see, you know, shows on television. Oh, yeah. And I was like, Bigfoot's for real, for real. He's out there somewhere. And I still buy it. Like, I still think. There's a chance. It's like, it's like, it's dumb and dumber. If there is a little bit of a chance, I'm banking on that. Yeah. I mean. Because I want that to be true. All the people who witnessed this phenomenon cannot be wrong. Right. right? He's got to be out there somewhere. I mean, every time there's a show. On Discovery Channel, it's like finding Bigfoot. Yeah, and I start watching it. I can't turn it off. I know they're not going to find him, but I no. can't because what if this is the episode <laughs> where they actually find him and I didn't watch it? Yeah, and I never know the truth. Yeah, I'm with you on that yeah. one. I have a hard time. I'm at the point where I'm watching. I'm like, they'll have the the suspense. I'm like, I'm like, they're not going to find him. What am I? And it it draws me in. Yeah, the music and the emotion. I'm like. It's gonna yeah. happen. Yeah, they'll walk up to a tree. It's like, what is this here? It's a bit of hair. <laughs> Don't I know why they're me. British, but they are. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit of hair in the tree. It must be from Biggiefoot. Yeah, and so you're like, you're sucked in. You're like, well, they found hair. They're they're yeah. gonna find him, but they yeah. never they never do. I talked to somebody yesterday, and they were they weren't feeling well. They were sick, and they were like, and their mom was like, that's because you need you didn't put on your Vicks vapor rub, and I was like. Huh? She's like, yeah. She's like, if you put Vicks on your feet and then put your socks on, you won't cough anymore. And I'm like, is that for reals? And she's like, it works. And so now, I don't know if it's real or not, but I'm going to try it. I am too. But it's a belief. It's somebody's belief that, hey, 
I, you know, but so next time you start coughing, you know, and you start feeling bad and low under the weather, get you some Vicks Vapor Rub. Wow. Wipe. I usually use Miracle See, I'm Whip. already believing it, and I never even tried it. Yeah, normally I use Miracle work. Whip. Mir- what? Miracle Whip? Yeah, it's got the word miracle in it, bro. Sure. To, I'm just kidding. I, would, I mean, <laughs> it sounds coat, legit. Just coat myself in Miracle Whip. <laughs> Wake up with a bunch of flies. <laughs> just... Love, I love Miracle Whip. I would Phil. not want to say that. No. That's, 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 that's why I keep the boogeyman away. That's no, right. Just coat myself in some Miracle Whip. He's like, no, I'm done. Uh, so last week, people listening are probably like, what is this episode what even about? What are we about? doing here? I have no idea. Uh, fake news, y'all. Fake news. Last week, we looked at one of the most popular uh, beliefs in society, and that's the belief uh, that we are, we're good people, right? Like we're generally good people, inherently good, naturally good. So if you ask the question, are people good? Then you, the, the belief, the majority belief would be that, yeah, people are good. We subscribe to that. And, you know, beyond that, we think people are good. And then we look at ourselves and because we're a people, we think, well, I'm one of those good people. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, the crazy thing is we were talking about, there was a poll that was put out and they, they basically were we're polling people on this same idea. Do you think, you know, people are generally good, inherently good? Are you good? What do you think about other people? And the poll said that 81% of all people believe that people are naturally good, right? That just by nature, we're good people. Uh, Three out of four people said that they themselves are good. So yes, people are generally good, and I'm one of those good people. But then it said that I think that I forgot the exact percentage, but it was I think it was like forty six or forty eight percent, almost fifty yeah. percent. Like it was up there. Uh, we'll go with forty six. Uh, but it said it's like forty six percent of people believed when they compared themselves to other people in their lives that they were a better person than everyone else in their life. That's crazy. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So not only do we subscribe to the belief that people are good and that we're good, we we go beyond that and we believe that we're better than most of the people, you know, who are around us. You know what I mean? Yeah. That just goes to show us how inwardly driven we are by just having that, just those numbers. It's like we're so self-driven, basically, the way we see. We're so selfish in the way that we see ourselves that when you see something like that, you're like, well, everybody thinks that. So whoever I'm sitting next to probably thinks they're better than me. Yeah. And I probably think they're, you know, just by that poll yeah. that I'm better than them. Yeah. It's, it's very weird. It's crazy. Yeah. By the way, if you look around and all your friends and you're better than them, you got some terrible friends. Pretty much. You need to upgrade. Yeah. Go out there and find you some new friends. <laughs> Aim high, man. Right. Uh, you're hanging out with some bottom dwellers. That's all I'm saying. You know, get you some <laughs> get you some new people. But I don't I you know, the, the idea is that it's not this is not a belief that we should be buying into because people um are not uh, inherently good. You were telling me of of someone who was addressed that question one time. Yeah, it was a uh it was an, an apologist, a Christian apologist. He was doing a an event and he was it was like answering atheism basically. <clears throat> and they basically the guy was talking about the exact thing we're talking about the human nature is inherently good. Yeah. And he did just like Jesus would do and responded with a question that just exposed everything. And the guy was like, yeah, we are generally inherently good. Yeah. Then he responded and he said, do you lock your door at night? 
And then I remember, <laughs> I remember sitting there thinking like, holy moly. I was yeah. like thinking about we lock our car doors, all the stuff that yeah. security cameras. And we don't really think about that stuff naturally, but it's because people do bad stuff and we need to protect ourselves from the bad people. Absolutely. And that, I just thought that was very profound for him to, to respond, even to yeah. respond in that manner. I thought it was really cool. It was a mic drop moment. Yeah, big time. Because we do. We, I mean, we lock everything. We'll double lock everything. When mm-hmm. you, when I go to the grocery store, I'll get my key, and I'm like, beep, beep, and then I'll take five steps, and did I lock that? Beep, beep. Yeah. Because <laughs> right? we have, you know, GPS on our cars for monitoring in case somebody steals it. We got locks on our doors, everything. Because, I mean, I think if we think about it, that's a good question to, to help us to see that people are not good. People, naturally, right? Now, some are better than others, but I think that's one of the reasons we think we're good is because, honestly, we're measuring ourselves against other people, which is, you know, that's a pretty easy thing to do. If you want to feel good about yourself and you want to think that you're a good person, it's not that hard to find somebody more busted up or more broken or more messy than yourself, right? I can yeah. find many people that I can look at and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain I'm a good person because I look at that and that's not what I would deem to be good. But the standard isn't other people. Right. That's not the standard. The standard is perfection, right? It's Jesus. And on that scale, if I put myself on a scale with anybody else, like I put myself on a scale with you, I feel like we, we even out. We balance out, right? Uh, I put myself on a scale with, you know, um, a murderer, <laughs> and I feel like it's dipping in my favor. Yeah. I put myself on a scale with Jesus, and I got, I got big, big problems. Yeah. So despite... Popular belief, by the way, the majority is not always right, but despite popular belief, we are really not good people. And the Bible, the Bible actually answers this question for us. Are people inherently good? Um, quite a few scriptures, we'll read off of two. Romans 3.12 says, all have turned away. They have together become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Um, that's pretty telling. Romans 3.23, uh, for all have sinned. Notice all have turned away and all have sinned, right? And fall short of the glory or the perfection or the standard of God. And we talked about it goes all the way back to Genesis 1 where God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 2 creates Adam and Eve. Genesis 3, the little snaky serpent mm. comes in, right? And uh, by the way, I heard this this funny... Somebody sent me a thing and it was like a preacher and he was he said, you know, he's like, you notice that a snake doesn't have any arms or any feet. He's like, you know why? Because Jesus disarmed him and defeated him. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was like, That's pretty good. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I didn't even catch it until you said defeated him. Defeated. I was like, oh, wait. Dis- disarmed <laughs> and it. defeated. That's why snakes don't have any hands and feet, y'all. No <laughs> arms and legs. So <laughs> that was funny. That's pretty good. Yeah, but he comes along, you know, and he's crafty. He lies. And he's like, oh, you believe that you can't have that, right? Like, you're subscribing to this truth. Well, that's not it. That's not the truth. And literally just convinces them to believe something else, right? Yeah. To turn towards stuff away from the standard of God, from, from you know, um, what he valued. And they begin to value something else and change their... And because of that, their sin enters the world. They're deceived. Because there's no longer perfection, death enters the scene. And so... Um, but the idea here is that because Adam is the patriarch of all man, then when he sinned and that nature became a part of his, then 
we just naturally inherited that same sin nature. And so we're because of that, we're, we're all fallen. We're all broken up, right? The example I always use is to look at kids, you know? Um, when, you know, when, when you have little kids, we have to teach them right from wrong. I, I don't have to tell my kids to do wrong. They'll do it naturally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you have to, when you're praying, do you ever pray, Lord, um, God, just keep me from doing right today? Do you? I don't think I've ever done that. <laughs> it's just, Lord, I just always am doing, you know, you have yeah. to pray to what? To keep from doing wrong. Yeah. Lord, give me the strength to walk away from temptation and sin. Give me the strength not to be selfish, to die to self today. God, help me. I need you. We're never like, God, I just I just can't stop doing right. I know. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, like... the struggle is, is how do we remove self-centeredness out of the prayers? Yeah. You know what I mean? So that way we're praying according to His purpose and will for our life and not for our sinful desires. Absolutely. How you do you know? see that in yourself? Like, um. I mean, it really, it's like you talk about the, in, the, in, we inherited, you uh, kind of mentioned because one man's sin made all of us sinners. And we inherited all that. And you can see that all the way down through Cain and Abel, Lamech, you see it just all throughout. David, yeah. I mean, it's just nonstop. Yeah. I mean, it, until Jesus comes back. Yeah. And for me, it's, you know, when somebody attacks me, it's I naturally want to attack back self-preservation, yeah. whether it's reviling in return. I don't want to turn the other cheek. I want to, you know, I want justice, so I'm going to attack back. We do it in traffic. It's like, you cut me off, and the bird starts tweeting. You know what I mean? It's those yeah. type of responses. Very rarely do we, I mean, some of us may do this, but it's like, okay, I'm going to slow down and let this person in. Either other than My other option is we're going to have a wreck. Yeah. You know, and yeah. we always tend to take that more self-centered, like, I can't believe this is happening to me. He said, he said, she said, tit for tat. Then it's all this mind. And then my entire identity is filtered through that pain and brokenness. Mm-hmm. And I become, you know, I have, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm in the form of God, but there's no power. I've got a yeah. profession of faith, but the inside of my cup is dirty. That's and it's good, like yeah. I see all of these things playing into a bigger picture. Yeah. And we have to be very, it's like they don't call it the fight and the good fight of faith for nothing. We got it's a cultivation that we have to do every day. It's good. Yeah. I think one of the places I see that in me, just that is, is marriage. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, uh, you know, when you're, when you're single and you live by yourself, it's like it's almost like you're living in a house with no mirrors. And you can't see your own imperfections. You know, you don't see your stubbornness, you don't see your pridefulness, you don't see your um impatience, you don't see your laziness, your stop, whatever it is. You know, you just don't see that stuff because you're just alone living your life. But then when you get married, it's like you move in. You remember this you ever gone to the the, the circus or the carnival? Yeah. And they had those mirror mazes. Yep. That's like marriage. It's like every step you take, you you see a different reflection of all of those things because marriage really is it's this kind of breeding ground of of your imperfections being shown back to you in one another. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely it and does. So, you know, when you get married, it's like, "Oh, yeah, I am impatient." You know, "Yeah, I am selfish." "Yeah, I am prideful." "Yeah, I am th-, you know what I mean?" And so yeah. without Honestly, without that, I don't know. I man, I might have lived ignorantly. 
right for a long time just believing that I had my act together or that I was quote unquote a good person but then you get married and it's like yeah I got some issues it creates a lot of tension yeah you know and again we always say if you got a marriage you got problems and this is why because when you put two imperfect people in a house it does not perfection make it actually exposes the fact that we're not good people and that we all have imperfections but this is the place where we invite Christ in as the center for him to walk with us and for us to be made whole together towards him. Yeah. That's that's the whole idea, but that's for me that's that's kind of it and 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 you know, and it, it is that very imperfection in each of us that um again that keeps us out of the 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 perfect presence of God it's because uh, it's such a beautiful picture of you know, we're the bride, the body of Christ. Yeah. And it's like it's such a beautiful picture because we have you know, a savior and we have the word of God. And the more we come to know Christ, the more he sanctifies us. He reveals those imperfections Mm -hmm. and gives us the power and the grace to overcome. And so it's like, I just imagine not ever getting married and not ever finding Jesus. What, you know, there's no, definitely no tension in that kind of lifestyle. No, And so it's, you're definitely, that's ignorance to the max at that point. And it's, it, but at the same time, you know, a lot we love marriage is hard. Being a Christian is can be difficult. But without that tension, we would never grow to the heights that, you know, without that tension, without any suffering, we need that. It's absolutely imperative that we have those things. Yeah, I love the fact that you brought up the word tension, right? Yeah. I think most people don't want tension in marriage or in life or as Christians. We're like, well, God's just supposed to, we'll talk about this in a minute, it's supposed to just make, I just. he just wants me to be happy. I'm like, no, he wants you to be holy. And because of that, there's going to be some tension. There's going to be some pruning and some refining. But think about, I was a musician for a while. Um, you know, traveled with a band and played. And so one of the things that I always I thought was cool was if you take a guitar string and you put it on a guitar and you keep it, if the string is loose, right, it's just loose and it's free and you hit it, it's... Blah, 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 yeah. It makes a terrible noise. It's just a racket. Blah, 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 blah. Every time you hit it, it sounds... T- nobody wants to listen to a guitar that's out of tune. But in order to get the guitar in tune, you have to apply tension. You have to apply pressure. You you turn uh, the guitar knobs, and you you literally you're tightening the strings, and you're applying pressure to the strings so that the string is held tightly. So where at once it was loose and free, and you know did whatever it pleased, now it's tight and it's secure, and it's but but that pressure, that tension has to be in there so that now you can. You can play beautiful music. Now it's doing what it's supposed to do. It's creating something wonderful. It's the same thing with Mm. us in marriage or in our walk with Jesus. If we want to experience fruit, if we want to experience the beauty of what God has for us, for our lives, for our marriage, for whatever it is, then we have to be okay with with living in some of that tension because it's in that tension that we're actually strengthened or tightened so that we we can make beautiful music. We can be fruitful. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So that's that's kind of the idea. And, and, you know, again, praise be to Jesus that the greatest verse ever that, you know, um, that God displayed his love for us, that while we were still sinners, while we were still busted up, broken, just heathens, Chris, heathens in that, living in that world without knowing him, without all these things, in our ignorance that he chose us, he died for us, lived the life that we couldn't, paying our debt, giving us his life. Um, paying our penalty, and man, the the best thing ever is that you know we just get to confess, you know, your Lord. I believe that that you were raised from the dead, and He says that we'll be saved. 
Mm. Um, hallelujah. Mm. Amen. And so that's that's the gift. That's the beauty. And so if you know, again, I think sometimes the problem is when we live as if we're good people, we think that we have to be a good person to impress God. Does that make sense? Right. Like that we start living in that way. And so my encouragement to you is just to tell you, God already loves you. He loved you in your bustedness, your brokenness. He loved you in your ugliness and in your mess, and He chose you before all of that stuff, before your first breath, before your first step, before your first mistake, before your biggest mistake, before your most shameful moment. He looked at you and saw you, and He loved you. And so you don't have to be good. You don't have to live up to some standard. Jesus has lived up to that standard for you. We just have to die to self. Right. And by the way, when we, Chris, when we try to live that way, if, if, if I believe that I can live in some way as to gain the approval of God, then one of two things generally happens. At, at best, I actually feel like I'm doing a good job, and then I become self-righteous, and then I become, you know, um, I become arrogant, I become prideful as if I am doing something to accomplish something. At worst, I feel like I can never measure up and that God hates me and doesn't want anything to do with me. And both of those places are terrible places to be when God's looking at us and saying, hey, man, I've given you a gift. Yeah. While you were still messed up, I loved you. I loved you then. I love you now. I will love you forever. Yeah. I think you said uh, two word, two key words, and they're probably not what you think they're going to be, but we, in our world today, everything is transactional. We have to pay money to get something. We have to do something to get something. It's when you're, if you want to, you know, you're a kid, you're playing a sport, whether it be soccer or, or you're competing. It's you have to perform in order to receive acknowledgement, praise, an award, whatever that is. Everything is due to receive. And you said, we are trying to do to become. And it's Mm -hmm. very difficult because this entire world has trained us and so when we come into the body of Christ, we have to become, we have to, everything we do comes from a place of being. We yep. have to be first, and then we do. The backward. The backwards way is do to be, and we're not doobies. You yeah, know what I mean? Not doobies. No. And so you have to become first, and then do from there. And so it's the whole tree mentality. It's the, with the, you have to first make the tree good, then it's fruit. The fruit will be automatic. It's good. Yeah. And I have found that that is probably the most difficult thing, you know, consistently for me is to remind myself that I am not doing this stuff in order to, to gain anything or to make sure that, okay, I have to be good today in order to gain God's approval. Cause he's like you said, seen all my past mistakes and all my future ones, and he still loves me. And so it's like I have to have grace for myself and remember who I am and allow my everything that I do be a heart response and yep. not a works-based That's response. Good. Yeah. We just give up, allow his work to do its work in us, and uh, it's, it's easy. So don't try to measure up. Just give up. Die to self. Um Every single day. And I'm telling you, man, the God who specializes in raising people from the dead will raise you from the dead. All right, guys. Hope you had a fun time. Hey, so thankful for y'all tuning in, listening, doing all the things, subscribing and doing stuff that on the interwebs. With yes. Us. Yeah. I'm old. Old. Yeah. Interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> on the interwebs. All right. Well, uh, man, hopefully we'll be back next week. Sorry for the delay and everything. Chris, glad you're back here with us. And uh, so happy. See y'all later. Later.